Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. get the best of both worlds, the fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you RoboCop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Old Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go. You are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal! Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. What is this shit? Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot. You recorded every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory is admissible as evidence. You're going to have to kill it. Get in the car, for God's sake! <laughs> Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Amy Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themainamy.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Amy. We are also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Del Vecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey. Why aren't advertisements for products and games as good as they were in the 80s now? Because watching these fake ads were just, I was like, yes, I want all of these products. I think because there was no like guideline for what kids could watch in the 80s. <laughs> it was, it was like <laughs> this true. is like they just gave you everything. It was great. Yeah, because I now want to play Nukem. I just know it's like a mixture of Risk and Battleship. I have mm-hmm. no idea. <laughs> that's a good point. I think that's kind of what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. I was laughing at the line, no more military aid for you. (laughs) (laughs) Making a satire in the 80s must have been so much fun. So much to go off of. Now it's it's just mostly sad. (laughs) It's really, at this point, it's just pointing a mirror at ourselves. And like, this is what you've done. This is what you've brought upon yourself. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's not lighthearted anymore. (laughs) 
there's not enough cocaine around no no that's one thing that movies sorely miss i i think <laughs> yeah we've replaced the cocaine with antidepressants that's what we yeah. that's what gets, yeah. <laughs> gets us through these days but before we get into this week's movie what have you guys been watching oh that is a good question oh uh, surprise you every week yeah <laughs> no you know what it is it during the day I'll be thinking, okay, this is what I've watched. This is what I've watched. And then we'll sit down to talk, and I'll completely go blank. I'm like, oh, shit, I, I have to remember everything now. I went back and watched Mad Max Fury Road, okay. and I forgot how good that movie is. Yeah, It's so much fun. and But it's really just like one long car chase. Yep. And they But they managed to make it, it... It's never boring. No, not at all. I believe they're making a Furiosa prequel. With yes. Anya Taylor Joy in it. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I heard. Would, I, you know, I like her. I think she's a great actress, and I'm sure the movie will be very good. I wish they had just kept Charlize Theron. Yeah. Instead, and maybe she'll make a cameo or whatever. But yeah, I would have rather have just had another, like a a, sequ- a sequel, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would have preferred a sequel too. Yeah. I, everyone loves Charlize Theron. I don't think anybody I've ever heard anybody say anything bad about Charlize Theron. She was too busy having a really awesome haircut in Fast Nine to be able to do a sequel to Fury Road. Who's <laughs> well, gotta bring up the Fast movies? Well, you, it's a, if you say it's about family, you open you open the door by mentioning Charlize Theron, who was <laughs> in the last it. one. That could be about anybody. Yeah, there's nine of those movies. Everybody's exactly. been in a Fast movie. There's so, there's so many landmines. It's like the last level of Minesweeper. Gonna... <laughs> oh, you know, Mark, you, you bring up her hairstyle, and a lot of people, you know, it's not fair. She has a terrible hairstyle, and she still is, like, drop-dead gorgeous. The reason why I watched Fury Road was my sister was over for the holidays, and she had never seen it, so I put it on. And Jen made a, a comment that, you know, she has her head shaved, and she's wearing grease on—it's like a— I guess of war paint, she's wearing grease. Like, even with all that, I'd still do her. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, so would I. You're on to something here. <laughs> I can't disagree. <laughs> yeah, she had to literally do all that prosthetics and monster to make people question, question it. I was going to say, because yeah. I'm sure there are some people out there like, I could look past that. <laughs> I still would. <laughs> it's like... Look, if you if you if you fuck Charlize Theron and when she's in the prosthetics, you you still fuck Charlize Theron. Theron. <laughs> yeah. Right, no one's gonna blame you for it. Like, oh, really, monster Charlize? I don't know, man. No, everyone's gonna want to, you know, everyone's gonna want to be around you. They're gonna want to give you high fives. Yeah. Carry you on yeah. their shoulders. <laughs> yeah, the main reason I would want a sequel to that movie is just to see how many more guitar guys they can oh, cook up. The, the the doof or I th- right is that yeah. what it's called? Something yeah, like that. That thing was so badass. Yeah, he doesn't I'll... care about the fighting and all the war going on. He just wants the rock, man. Yeah, he's <laughs> just out there dropping some some righteous riffs. <laughs> what about you, Mark? What have you watched um, this week? Only movie I watched this week was Christmas Story on Christmas. Watched it two times. Still great. The thing I've been doing over the last three weeks is keep saying to myself, I should bite the bullet and check out Happiest Season. I keep seeing ads for I should just bite the bullet and watch that movie. And then I don't watch them, so I don't now know. Now it's too late. Yeah, Christmas exactly. Year. There's no point yep. in watching it now. Yeah, no point. That was my last week. I'll watch it, and then I'll surprise them on the podcast. And then I, But, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was, it was Christmas Story, and then I think we had Elf on at one point during Christmas Eve and all that. 
the most important thing that any tied to a TV show or anything is my niece has got the uh, game Poinko, so we put a whole bunch of that <laughs> nice. for a while. That's the best I got tied to a TV show. So does, does your sister's house, house just have a giant Plinko board now? No, it's a little mini one. <laughs> but me and my sister immediately started thinking of ways you could turn it into a drinking game. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, and it was just like, it's so easy. You just put some masking tape over the dollar amounts. Yeah. And write things on it. And it has little lights and it plays the music. And my youngest niece got three out of four $10,000 on there. Nice. And then she she never seen the game before, so she was like, ah, whatever. You know, <laughs> she did it. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually a pretty cool board. I should, I should have taken a photo of it. But, yeah, it's definitely something that could be, if it's easy to find, you know, something that you could have out for gatherings and stuff. Just turn it into basically anything. We could return it into a stupid thing for extra life where we drop it and whatever it lands in is something that happens on stream. You know, like, it's got so many universal properties just because of the way that game's set up, but... Anyway, as long as one of the options is not eating a hot chip, that's the ten thousand dollar one. <laughs> oh God, that never again. <laughs> so what I watched, I watched one movie besides the Christmas. So I did watch Christmas Story for the first time in the Christmas season on Christmas Day. Saved it, but I watched Soul, the new Pixar movie, which was good. I feel like with Pixar movies, I always really enjoy them. I never love them. I enjoy all of them, but like I never sit down like, you know what movie I really want to watch right now? And I'm going to pop yeah. it on is Wally. Right. I like Wally. Like up. I love like all the movies. Like I there's besides the good dinosaur, there's not a Pixar movie I've sat through where like, man, that movie sucked. I um, think there's like one of the Cars movies I've I've never really enjoyed. Planes. I've never seen a single Cars movie. I don't know if even Planes is a Pixar. I think that's a Disney movie. A is Disney like animation. Like, yeah. It's kind of like not an official one. Okay. It feels not official. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, you, you get Dane Cook to star in your movie. It's like, well, this isn't really... It, it's, <laughs> it doesn't count. If, if, if it works, great. If not, we're just kind of distancing ourselves. Soul's good. Really good. Obviously, really good looking. All Pixar movies are really well made. It's, it's similar to Inside Out. It's like an all minority cast in terms of the characters besides tina fey so that's good but it's it's a movie about jazz <laughs> right and i'm just not super into jazz it's really not it's kind of that's a window dressing for a deeper story about what it means to be alive and what the point of life is and what makes a life worth living and those are all really interesting stories to tell in a what is essentially a children's animated movie but obviously they're Pixar does. There are deeper meanings to to the story itself. I preferred like Inside Out. I thought was a more interesting story, but this was good. I enjoyed it. So I watched that while everybody else was watching Wonder Woman eighty four and having a terrible time with it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the only other thing I watched this week was a Netflix show that my wife put on and I watched it. It was called Bridgerton. Uh, I was going to ask if you have been subjected to that. I did not. And it's basically the 1700s England, rich people, very attractive people just fucking their brains out. (laughs) Were there attractive people in the 1700s? The show, I guess, pretends that there are. I don't think they existed until around like 1830, 1840. Every character in the show could get it. (laughs) (laughs) Male and female. Male, female. Oh, yeah. The lead dude, man, he's had me he had me thinking some things. <laughs> I'm not, but if I were <laughs> I could do worse. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'd be lucky if he had me. If you want to see some pretty people fucking in big old ball gowns, Bridgerton's the show for you. That that's a huge fetish, I bet. Like I can't I can only get off to people in seventeen hundred ball gowns. <laughs> a lot of bodices and frocks <laughs> and shit. It has to take at least twenty minutes before they start fucking because they're taking all of that stuff off. Yeah. yeah. That was a joke from uh, Robert Wurr's, um history thing he did for HBO. I forget the name of it. Arliss. I've never seen that. Yeah, he said the thing about that there was no such thing as a 1700s quickie. Because <laughs> he had the because they were talking about uniforms and stuff in the 1700s or something or whatever he was discussing. And then he had these two people run in and act like they were trying to take their clothes off to have sex. Oh and boy. The like really fancy dressed people were like fidgeting and trying to figure it out. <laughs> and then, like, the poor people was just basically flipped up oh, yeah. the shirt. It was like, I was just making a joke that, like, the stuff they wore was just impossible to do anything in. Yeah. So, I didn't hate myself when my wife put it on. So, you know, your wife. It's her choice. Or, yeah. Your wife or girlfriend makes you watch it. You could do worse. <laughs> so. And there's pretty, people fucking, say. there's pretty people fucking. So. Who's going to say no to that? Before we get into this week's episode, we're going to take a quick break to listen to some ads, and we will be right back. And welcome back, and now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week's movie is a little bit of a cheat, but it was also a listener request. So, Dan, do you want to introduce it? Because it was a friend of yours that told us to do this movie, and it's probably a little bit better than this podcast usually does, but... We wanted to watch a good movie for once in a while. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think we deserve it. You know, this being a, a brand new year, we want to start out on a good note, I felt. But yeah, a good friend of mine, he listens to the podcast, and one of his favorite episodes was The Running Man. Ever since he listened to it, he said, you got to do RoboCop, you got to do RoboCop. Because he would always, when we worked together, he would always quote RoboCop. So like one of his favorites was, the Tigers are playing tonight. So, <laughs> so he would, you know, we'd be sitting at work. And he's like, man, I got to get home, man. I got to get home. The Tigers are playing tonight. So in honor of my good friend, I chose RoboCop to be our first review of the year. Yeah, okay. I got to say that is a weird quote to take out of this movie. Of course, there's there's so many movie. good quotes. There is. Everything Kurtwood Smith says in this movie. Yeah, it's, it's just totally quotable. But where are you guys coming from with RoboCop, Dan? This is, again, where we were talking about product of its time. The first time I saw RoboCop, I think I was like five or six. <laughs> it, it was good because we were, you know, we were young enough where our parents kind of didn't care what we watched because yeah. RoboCop is obviously not meant for children. <laughs> no. But they also made a, a cartoon show out of it and had action figures of RoboCop, of which... Yep. I owned RoboCop, the squad car, and Ed 209. So okay. I had all of those. I've seen this movie a few times. I love it. It's fucking out there. It's crazy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm glad that we, we got to do it. What about you, Mark? My three main touchstones with RoboCop, I've seen the movie a few times, like Dan said, was obviously the cartoon, because it was, it was definitely in the rotation of cartoons and stuff. And I had RoboCop the action figure but the outside of that my other touchstone was seeing him show up on professional wrestling when i was five years old as sting's best friend and <laughs> save sting from being trapped in a cage by the dastardly rick flair and robocop never entered the ring 
as I only found out later rewatching clips because I had the memory of Robocop entering the ring as a five or six year old, but he does not. He just points <laughs> the ring for first thing to get back in there. And that I saw the third movie in theaters. It was a, another one of those situations where it was like, oh, you like all this stuff. And I don't think the third one was as gory or, you know, no, it definitely I think wasn't. That was way more kid friendly. Yeah. And then so we, I went and saw that in the theaters. So coming into this, I haven't seen RoboCop in a while. Probably back when I was, when Netflix first started, you just about anything on DVD. I think I watched it back in college with that. And then obviously the joke on Family Guy about the opening scene with him. It, it was the other thing uh, recently. But I forgot how actually competent of a movie it is for how ridiculous the character is. Like there's actually a through plot that has sort of grounded in as much reality as future sci-fi can have it tied way too much to today, by the way, in terms of (laughs) corporations having way too much power. It was a really good movie. It only really got hokey where you could see where you could take it a little bit crazy near the end with that final line being delivered. Besides that, just the actors in it were just amazing. Like, Going, oh, yeah, these guys would have had careers before I saw them on television as they were popping up on there. It's a fun movie. It's it's definitely one of the best. I put it in the same class as like Terminator 1 in that mm-hmm. most people remember the goofiness of the movies after and not how much of a actually good movie. I think Rocky falls into that as well. How much of an actual good movie the original idea was. It seems to be a time period when that happened. But yeah, it's a lot better than I thought it was. Okay. I also had RoboCop the action figure. That's a good question. I might even put on Twitter. It was like, who had the the RoboCop action figure? But I don't remember watch. I remember the cartoon existing. I don't remember watching it ever. But I don't remember the first time I saw it. Probably when I was young. And I hadn't seen it for quite some time. And I remember in college, one of my roommates was obsessed with trying to track down the... At the time, it was out-of-print Criterion DVD because it was the only way to watch the original director's cut of it, which is what we watched, by the way. So I heard him being obsessed with that and always trying to find it. And I watched it not too long ago. And then I watched it again, like about a month ago, I think, which kind of, I think we even brought it up in, you know, what we watched during the week a couple of months ago. And I think that spurned Dan to decide to pick it. And I'm just going to come right out and say it. Hot take. This is might be the greatest movie of all time. Robocop is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a hot take, I'd say. Yeah. So uh, it's what, so what fucking makes you good. say that? It's so fucking good. Every single single line, as we said, Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. Boddicker is such a good villain. Oh, he he's such a shit heel, and but he's just so smarmy. Like when yeah. he comes in, when he finally gets arrested, and he's just like, "Give me my fucking phone call." Oh, yeah. so good. Uh, you, uh, named, I, you named one of your fantasy teams after one of his lines. Bitches leave, yep. Bitches leave, yeah. Another <laughs> uh, great quote. Another great quote. I'm, like, looking at the poster right now. Such an iconic poster of him, like, standing out, outside of the car door. Ugh, I, man. At one of the Comic-Cons I went to, someone was selling that poster, but it was almost like Fleer kind of holographic look to it. And I wanted it so badly. It was sixty dollars. Mm. Like, oh, you know, I, I can't really afford that right now. I can't I can't justify buying it. I regret not getting that poster because it was such a good looking poster. I, I think poster. it was by bottleneck poster. Okay. So I might I'll look it up if I can. But oh man, I, I do regret not having that poster. 
Yeah. I don't know why this poster is so burned into my memory banks from like nostalgia, but just I don't think my parents owned it on DVD or like VHS at all. That poster staring at me right now is just synonymous with the 80s for me. And I think I may have also played the video game when I was younger. Oh, I never sure, played the video yeah. game. Maybe that's maybe it's just like the memory of seeing it on shelves, you know, on yeah. on the video game racks might have might be it. Yeah, yeah, because my my one cousin just had like a whole bunch of NES, just random NES games when they were coming out new. Like her mother would just buy her just any licensed thing from a movie, which was good in some cases because Jaws and bad in this case, RoboCop. But I think we may have seen it more walking up and down Blockbuster than maybe a actual movie poster. Sure. Yeah. It's obviously it's not the greatest movie of all time, but it's so much fun. It's mm-hmm. it really is. Yeah, it's fantastic. Just even the the segue like news reports and commercials are just better than they they need to be. Just the satire is just so thick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love this movie. Yeah. So what that's Lisa Gibbons? Lisa it's, Gibbons, yeah. Yeah. You know what this this movie kind of reminds me of? I don't know if you gentlemen have ever read the uh, the Dark Knight Returns, the uh, Frank Miller I've tried to. It's almost essentially the same thing where throughout the the panels, they have news broadcasts. So it's very similar to that where, you know, you get a bunch of action and then you kind of get a news broadcast about people being killed in an earthquake or whatever is going on. But to me, it's like, well, that kind of seems out of place. But at the same time, in the 80s, it it would have made perfect sense because there was a lot of turmoil going on and... Mm -hmm. Things it's are very uncertain. Wor- it's great world building too. Yes, because even in the in the news broadcast, these people are so out of touch. Like people are dying. I think one of the first ones is four cops were killed, and one was kind of clinging to life. And the yeah. news reporter goes, "Good luck, Officer Frank, or what? You know, whatever." No and one it does talks that, that zoom way. in of their eyes. It's really great. Yes. Yeah. It's there's a lot of interesting choices made in this movie, but they all work. Yeah. As you said, the world building is great here because you learn a lot in just those opening scenes, even before you meet Murphy, just how shitty of a place this Detroit is and how shitty the world is. Because apparently there's all these world conflicts in like Mexico and South America and going on at the time that you're just like, okay, it's like what they tried to do in Double Dragon a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just thinking about. Yeah. But they didn't succeed as much as as RoboCop did. But I I think the greatest thing, adding on to what you said, Dan, is I think the addition of commercials just sold the lack of, I would say lack of sensitivity. There's probably a better word for it. You know, we joke about Nukem, the game, but that's basically your your job is nuking the planet is the goal of that game. And they, they play it off as a laugh. Oh, you nuked the planet. Ha ha ha. You know. You still have Cold War is lingering. It's it's coming to an end at that point, but yeah. it's yeah. still fresh in people's minds. And even the tagline for that game is get them before they get you. And <laughs> so it's it's basically yeah. just there's no sensitivity. You're playing with nuclear missiles as if there's no repercussions. And that's that's how it's treated. But you feel the helplessness in this movie of the citizens of old Detroit, the corruption it really is a reflection of where we are today. Almost there's, you know, there's a lot of people who are helpless and there's a lot of areas that are not doing well. And there's a lot of corruption still. 
nothing mm-hmm. has really changed. Yep. So RoboCop from 1987, directed by Paul Verhoeven, also directed Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, Starship Troopers, and Hollow Man. Stars Peter Weller, Nancy Allen, Dan O'Hurley, Ronnie Cox, Kurtwood Smith, Miguel Ferrer, Ray Wise, and Paul McCrane. Has an IMDb score of 7.5 and a Rotten Tomato score of 90%. Budget. $13 million. Box office made $53 million. Box office smash hit. We also have a bunch of repeaters from other movies. We have Sage Parker, who played Tyler, one of the technicians. She was in the Dirt Bike Kid. Dan O'Hurley, who plays the old man, was none other than Connell Cochran from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Lee DeBrow, who plays Sal, led a part in Skyscraper. And Scott Thompson, who is uncredited here, played Preacher in Twister. Wow. So a lot of returning. It bothered me the entire movie where I knew that lab technician from. The woman (laughs) with the glasses. Yep. It bothered me, and I couldn't find it on IMDb because (laughs) they didn't really say her name. Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) Yep. The dirt (laughs) bike kid. That was, the glasses were the giveaway. Yeah. Where I was like, I've seen that. I've seen those before. To me, there's actually one thing in this movie that doesn't work, and it's Officer Lewis. Okay. She's, to me, she was pointless. But then, like, going back and thinking about it, I guess she was the link between Android Murphy and real Murphy. But other than that, she's of no help whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think the only thing that doesn't work in that regard is that this whole link she has is dependent on one day on the force together. Sure. Yeah, it's you very know? quick. Yeah. If they had been old time partners, like that whole part of the story is makes no sense. Even all the emotional scenes in that opening thing when he's going through the locker room would have hit harder if he knew the cop that they take the nameplate off the locker and all that. You know, it's weird. I was thinking because in, in this movie, they don't really show you murphy's family all that much like you get a few flashbacks here and there but then the god-awful remake they do the exact opposite they give you a bunch of time of murphy at home with the kid and his wife and i guess that was their way of kind of eliminating the lewis character the officer lewis character Mm -hmm. and i would have to say i i don't think either of them really worked all that well but it's necessary, right? You you have to have that human connection yeah, yeah, or else it doesn't work. I think what they they do here for his family life is perfect. It, it's not That's too one much. Scene, it's a one scene where he goes back to his home and it's bringing up all bunch of whatever memories he has left in his head. He's bringing it up and it works perfectly. Okay. It's, it's maybe a two minute scene. Doesn't last very long. It shows and doesn't tell. Doesn't really, you know, doesn't beat you over the head of it. Does exactly what it needs to do to to have that emotional gut punch. And I think it's one of the best scenes in the film. Is that scene when he tracks down his old house and goes in and walks around. Perfectly yeah. done. Beautiful. I, in a movie I, that is dirty and and silly and cheesy. It's a moment in this movie that is feel maybe even feels a little bit out of place but it's like the emotional gut punch and i think it works so do you think it could have just been you know we get rid of the lewis character for that if you lose her that you're losing a lot but i do think that having that link is there i think 
if you did have that link where they've been on the force together for like two years, they've been partners and that. So I think that would be a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would lose her, but I think I, I would amend kind of their relationship a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's a good way to solve that problem. Yeah. Someone that you spent a day with or two days with, you're all right, well, I don't have that strong of a connection to that person outside of I work with them. Yeah. And, and cops, they're a dime a dozen in old Detroit. Apparently they die every day yeah so it's just uh, here's another guy in and another guy out yeah you need that sympathetic humanity character once murphy becomes robocop you need you need somebody there to be that person right and there's no one else really but yeah it is weird that they haven't been like partners for a extended period of time yeah you guys want to get the plot? For that. I'm still looking for that um, <laughs> poster. I can't find it. But yes, let's let's <laughs> yeah, go into sure. the plot. Let's do it. What do you got for us, Dan? All right. So I just want to give a quick shout out to our friend Tia and her podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a weekly podcast that comes out Sundays where Tia and her friends discuss top ten lists, top ten movies, top ten directors, whatever they decide to sink their teeth into. It's a lot of fun. She's a good person, a good friend of the podcast. You can follow her on Twitter. It's TC underscore Stark. And tell her they called this a movie sent you. All right. Yeah, we're going to get into the plot. But before we do, we're going to take a step back and listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. We will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell them about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you epic. could tell them about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell them Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me. As I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back, and now it's time to get into the plot for RoboCop. We open up on a media break, local news program starring Lisa Gibbons. LOL local news, right guys? Yep. <laughs> what is the news? <laughs> We start with a news report about nuclear confrontation of South Africa, and then the president goes to visit the Star Wars peace platform, and a power failure causes weightlessness, but he is unharmed. The first time I saw that, I didn't know what that was. That was a real thing. Did you know that? Yes. Ronald Reagan started the Star Wars program. Yeah. That's so weird. Like, what were we thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what happens when you put an actor in the White House. It's very true. I hope George Lucas got some money for that. You know, guys hurting. (laughs) I do have to point out that I love the use of stock footage for these (laughs) local news broadcasts. They were were fantastic. Just the the thing of astronauts climbing through a hole or something. (laughs) Weightless was this space station story. Some editing room had fun with that. 
<laughs> they cut to commercial break for new bionic hearts, and then they come back to her new stories about three police officers killed, one injured, and the blame is set on Omni, OCP, who fund the Detroit Police Department. Dick Jones, the OCP president, says it comes with the territory. If you can't stand the heat, don't become a cop, basically is what he said. That, that's a rough thing to tell your cops, man. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you don't like dying, get out of here. <laughs> so the cop that was not immediately killed at the scene, but is in critical condition, and his name is Frank Fredrickson, identifies Clarence Boddicker as the man behind the shooting. Boddicker's got like a long list of uh, crimes. Then we cut to Detroit Metro Police Department. Metro West, I believe, was officially. The uniformed police officer was sergeant, kicking out a couple of shyster lawyers. Police officer Murphy gets transferred to Metro West. Murphy goes to the locker room to get dressed. One of the officers says they should strike. And then the sergeant comes in and tells them they ain't nobody striking, because that's not what cops do. Then he lets them know that Fredrickson died. It was kind of refreshing because usually the police chief is the one having the meltdown and like kicking out, you know, the, the hero cop. But this time he's like he is the hero, essentially, of that police station. Yeah. He's the one who's fighting for his guys and he wants what's best for the city. And you, you don't really see that. Usually the police chief's a hard ass. Yeah, it's like a real police station right down to the co-ed showers. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Verhoeven would bring back in Starship Troopers. Troopers. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, maybe he didn't know that people were separated by then. I, I don't know. Camaraderie, yeah. right? Or like in the future, nobody cares about nudity anymore. I wonder if he was trying to go that whole like Spartan level kind of, if you, you know, you were naked next to your brother in arms, you would fight extra hard for them because like you have that intimate relationship. Maybe that's what he was going for or he just wanted, you know, boobs. I don't know. Is that what Spartans were like? They're like, man, I can't let that guy die. Look at how big his dick is. <laughs> right. Like... We, we need that in the gene pool. <laughs> no, well, essentially what the Spartans would do is they would make love to each other. And that was like, so you would fight harder for your brother in arms, essentially. I'm just saying, I wonder if that's what Verhoeven was, was going for. Yeah, because it does come up twice in two similar situations. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you never know. There could be a deeper meaning, or it could just be, again, nudity for nudity's sake. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy that did Basic Instinct, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the captain introduces Murphy to Lewis, his new partner, who is busy beating up a suspect. A cab. Yeah. I... <laughs> Lewis goes to show Murphy the streets, but Murphy jumps in the front seat and says he's driving. And he's the go... man. Yep. Right. Yeah, we... a little bit of a sexism thrown in there. <laughs> Hey, you know what? He deserves to die, Murphy. Right. <laughs> That's probably why she goes uh, MIA. Yeah. Man, motherfucker. I'll teach him to drive my car. So then we cut to OCP headquarters where a couple of OCP suits are called into a meeting with President Dick Jones. OCP is set to start construction on a huge building project in downtown Detroit. But OCP is worried about the crime in downtown. So Dick Jones introduces the plan to introduce Ed 209, a biped robot they plan to replace human officers with. For, as he says, quote-unquote, urban pacification. Plans to eventually sell the technology means. to the military. We all know what that means. Really. Yep. <laughs> Killing black people. Yep. yep. Jones asks one of the suits to help with the demonstration. He hands the guy a gun and tells him to point it at Ed 209. So the guy does, and Ed 209 tells him to put the gun down. He does, but Ed 209 blows him away anyway. 
So the old man is disappointed in the presentation and in Jones, but Morton, a suit heading up the RoboCop program, goes over Jones's head to tell the old man that he can have his program up and running in 90 days. Murphy and Lewis stop for coffee and then respond to a call. Clarence Boddicker and his goons have just done a heist, but Boddicker is pissed that they burned the money when they had to blow open a door. Murphy and Lewis pursue their van and a gunfight ensues. One of his goons gets shot in the leg and then Boddicker has him tossed out the back into the, into the squad car windshield. And right before he does, he's got that great line. Can you fly, Bobby? And tosses him out. <laughs> so good. Such a great villain. I was so proud of this moment because as Jen and I were watching this, we were like, oh, he just he just threw one of his own guys. Why would he do that? This is 80s bad guy, like 101, man. If you're no good to him, you're mm-hmm. useless. Yeah. He does. You're dead weight. And he's going to make sure you're gone yeah. in like the best way possible. <laughs> Saying something pretty sweet before he does. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing. We we don't have wicked one-liners anymore. Nope. Those are all gone. I'm trying to think of any good ones recently. I, I think it's it's seen as so cliche now. Yeah. No one's gonna do it anymore. But there were so many good one-liners in this movie, and they're like re- legit good. They're not they're not Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liners from you know Commando <laughs> or yeah. Batman and Robin. It's like these are actual. Like, oh shit, like this guy's badass. Yeah. I feel like the closest we've gotten in the past in recent times is the I and I am Iron Man from Endgame. Yeah, sure. Right, because at the end of end yeah, at the end of Endgame, that's a pretty good one liner. But uh, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> it's it's not as good as some of some of uh Boddicker's. Right. Bitch, bitches yeah. leave is is like an all time. Bitches leave is good. Yeah, I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of like Schwarzenegger's best ones. Well he has the uh the cooldown. Right, or let off some steam. Yeah, let off some steam, Bennett. Off. Hey, Bennett, let off some steam. <laughs> Consider that a divorce. Yeah. Well, I, uh, he probably has a couple good ones in um, Total Recall. Yeah, he's got the divorce one. Consider That's the that divorce. divorce, That's yeah. right. Obviously, chock full of them with Batman and Robin. Right. What, what and those aren't dinosaurs. good. Yeah, those aren't good. I'll be back. I'll be back, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's his most famous. I was just going to say Conan the Barbarian. He has the uh, lament, listen to the women lament, right? Watch your enemies driven before you. That's not really a one-liner, though. No. <laughs> that's more of just like... A thing to say. A phrase a thing to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Bobby goes flying into the windshield and the van gets away. But eventually Murphy and Lewis find the van abandoned at a steel factory. They split up. Lewis gets the drop on one of the goons, but he knocks her out and then tosses her off the platform, knocking her out. Two of the goons have a conversation about capitalism and theft, and then Murphy blows one of them away. <laughs> but he gets surrounded by Boddicker and his goons. Boddicker says, cops don't like me, so I don't like cops. Boddicker subscribes to ACAB, and yep. he blows off Murphy's hand. Well, and Murphy has a good one-liner himself in this in this scene. Right? Boddicker says, you, you probably don't like me very much, buddy. I think you're scum. <laughs> everyone has a good life. That's got to be terrifying, right? Like you you know you're about to die, and everyone's just like laughing hysterically at you. Like, well, all right, well, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out on a pretty good one-liner, I guess. I, I think the one-liner to take away and even call back to it is, doesn't he say, essentially, dead or alive, you're coming with me? Yes, yeah. that's how the one Ellie or Ellis? Emil. Emil. Emil recognized, like, oh, we killed you. Because he, he tells him at the gas station the gas station dead or alive you're coming with me yep so they blow off murphy's hand and then the rest of the goons just unload into him 
just blowing his arm off and just so many bullets. <laughs> yeah, a lot of squibs were used in this movie. And like 90% of them were on this scene. <laughs> There's a lot of blood. And then somehow he's still sort of alive. So Bodiger puts the final bullet in his head. Uh, yeah, how does he... Is it the body armor? I guess, yeah. Man, but it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. <laughs> like they all unload the, the entire clip, like every clip that they have on him. Yeah. He must have been shot a hundred times. Yeah. Oh, easily. And then he's still really, he's not dead yet. Even when Boddicker puts that final bullet and they leave, He's still sort of alive. Right. He gets to the hospital, still like clinging to life. To be honest, it's you see the the hole get blown in his head, like out the back. Yeah. The bullet goes clear through him. <laughs> yeah. Like that that's instant death, right? Yeah. If if the bullet goes straight through. If it blows out the back of your skull, usually, yeah, that's like you're not calling the ambulance, you're calling the morgue. Right. And then again, Lewis. I mean, there's really not much she can do here. She watches helplessly, and then she doesn't immediately call the paramedic. Yeah. She just kind of weeps over his semi-dead body. <laughs> they called the ambulance. Yeah. That is one thing that made me laugh watching it. Not in this scene, but the scene at OCP is after that guy get, gets blown away by Ed 209. Someone's like, call the paramedics. Yeah. Like, no, buddy, call the coroner. <laughs> right. like, Don't touch him. Don't touch him. <laughs> call the paramedics. Uh, I Tell think you're take their time though. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. If they have something else going on, you know, keep to that. Yeah, it's not His a body rush will job. wait. <laughs> so Boddicker and his goons leave, and and Lewis finds Murphy completely cut to ribbons. So Murphy gets airlifted to a hospital, somehow still barely clinging to life as doctors scramble to save his life. As they work on him, Murphy has flashes of memories of his wife and son go through his head, as well as the faces of the guys that killed him. Eventually, he's pronounced dead. Some time passes and he comes to as scientists start working on him. We see the next few scenes in Murphy's perspective. When Sage Parker from Dirt Bike Kid, Morton comes in and talks with the others, and we basically find out that Murphy is legally dead and they plan to rebuild him completely. Yeah, because he we signed that some... consent form. I like the scene, or the following montage of scenes, where it's not instantaneous. It's as if this took maybe a year to do. Yeah. 
because I like that it, he keeps flashing back and forth and it's like it's Christmas, then it's New Year's. So it's not that they just, oh, yep, we got this all taken care of. You could tell that a lot of work was put into it and and time that, that was taken to perfect it. Because Morton comes in a few times like, oh, I thought we said we were losing the arm. Oh, we got to save it. I want it gone. So it, it wasn't just everyone agreed on it right away. It was a project. And what makes it more amazing, no matter how long it was, whether it was 90 days or six months or a year, is that when he gets back to the police station, all the same cops are still alive. Yeah, so that's in, a good in, thing. <laughs> in, in that town that was losing cops left and right, every single cop you met in that opening montage is still there somehow. <laughs> Did you want them dead, Mark? <laughs> Sounds like it. Right. You, you sound disappointed. Oh, no. The numbers just don't work out. <laughs> well, At least one of them. They brought in more there. guys from the South. And they died. <laughs> yeah, they died. <laughs> they were the just South fillers. precincts, the red shirts. Yeah. <laughs> the farm system. <laughs> so we get a couple of scenes, flashes of scenes as they continue to work on him, including a drunken New Year's party. And then Robocop is unveiled to applause. Back at the precinct, OCP comes in with Ro- Robocop. They set him up in the locker room and do some diagnostics tests as the other police officers look on. At the gun range, we see all the cops practicing, including Lewis. Meanwhile, Robocop is demolishing targets with an automatic pistol. And the captain tosses Robocop a set of keys, and Robocop is off to patrol the streets. Well, this is the first time we get the inkling that Lewis knows what's up because he does the gun twirl mm-hmm. and, and puts it away. Which is actually, that was probably a really good way to do that. Because it's something that would have been involuntary to him. But she would have been the only one to pick up on it. Yeah, Yeah. they had that conversation about why he does it. And we cut to a convenience store. And we get our first shot of I'd Buy That for a Dollar. That plays on television. And the guy at the convenience store holds up an old couple. Asking for the money in the register and safe. And he he asks them to open up the safe. And while he waits, RoboCop walks in. He unloads in RoboCop, who then bends the barrel of the gun and clotheslines the guy into a bunch of shells as he leaves. And then he says, thank you for your cooperation. <laughs> There's two things I wanted to point out. The first is the, the acting by the robber, whose only line is, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. <laughs> it's it's so funny. I love it. Because I can imagine that's what a lot of people would be saying when confronted with a android. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> oh fuck me. And the the second thing is, RoboCop isn't really into arresting people so much as just either blowing them away or severely beating the shit out of them. <laughs> so I don't oh, yeah. know if that's one of the prime directives. He does have an arrest mode. <laughs> he does, but he rarely uses it. I think he uses it once, and it's to arrest Boddicker. Yeah. But he's also throwing him through plate glass windows as he reads him the Miranda rights. <laughs> right. So, again, the 80s. This was yep. probably not frowned upon. I, but nowadays, RoboCop would have been canceled. I also do enjoy that the store owner hid the safe behind a whole bunch of empty Miller Lite cans. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the robber knew exactly where it was. Where it was. <laughs> He'd been staking out the joint. <laughs> Oh, we don't have a safe. Don't give me any of that shit. Kicks him over. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> Wasn't fooled for a second. The old Miller Lite pyramid trick. No one stacks beer like this. <laughs> so later, a couple of thugs harass a woman, first cutting her hair and then attempting to cut her dress off and attempt to rape her. And a Robocop shows up and then the thug takes the woman as a hostage. So Robocop shoots through her dress, hitting the dude in the dick. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And then later on, 
former city council member then takes hostages at city hall and holy shit this guy is so upset that he lost in an election and he wants a recount and his old job back (laughs) and just like a ridiculous amount of requests but that whole part hit way too close to home (laughs) so are we saying it's only a matter of time till a certain someone takes hostages yep i want a car with terrible gas mileage (laughs) right Yeah, I love how uh, the car was the 6,000 sucks. sucks. I, was 6, that on purpose? SUX. Oh, I'm yes. sure it was. Okay. I don't, think, I don't think there's anything accidental in this movie. Right. There's Yeah, this, this movie's not all about uh, subtlety. Nope. Yeah, no. Yeah. And by spelling it out SUX, it makes it sound like it's fancy. Right. <laughs> I was waiting for them to say that like the 6,000 sucks, but no, they, they did the SUX. Yeah. While the guy taking hostages talks with the negotiator, Robocop goes to a neighboring office. As the council member prepares to kill the mayor, Robocop punches through the wall to grab him and then punches him out the window. Does he have a one-liner there? I don't think so, right? I don't think so, no. Yeah. They're not taking anybody into custody, though. Right, I will. He had killed a hostage. Robocop acts more as Judge Dredd than he does sure. Robocop. Yeah. Right, because in Judge Dredd, murder is an immediate execution yeah by the judges so robocop kind of just goes oh you murdered someone therefore you die you've given up your right to to jail i guess for a trial (laughs) yeah so much has changed since then right guys oh yeah for the better much 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 more so much has changed (laughs) what a quaint (laughs) little movie this robocop is right they they were so far off it's ridiculous (laughs) so we get a local news story about robocop at the Lee Iacocca Elementary School. I love just the dropping of capitalists in this. We got Lee Iacocca Elementary School, and then it was the Henry Ford Memorial Hospital, I think. Yeah. That's right, yes. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's another car reference in here at some point. I don't know. For some building. I meant to listen for more like names like that, but I don't think I don't think I heard any off the top of my head. No, I don't think they do anymore after that. So then they ask Robocop what his message is to the children, and he says, "Stay out of trouble." <laughs> what what a clever thing! Stay to say. out of trouble. Right. And then we have another new story about the U.S. meddling in a Mexican Revolution, as the U.S. does. And then it's we got a, a commercial for done that. So let's you know. <laughs> Give credit where credit's due. We we've not meddled in South Africa or South American uh, affairs. I yeah, guess that's not true. Depends on what you what you think yeah. about Venezuela. Right. That's yeah. I was gonna say now that I come to think about it, <laughs> it's uh. No one's had tabs on the CIA in quite some time, right? Right. right. We haven't checked that's... into their situation yet. It, so they didn't pinpoint it on the CIA essentially, but yeah, the CIA hasn't told us on Twitter. This is what we're doing, guys. <laughs> Top of Venezuela you know. uh, socialism. Like I said, it's it's definitely a mirror into how we are handling certain things. Yeah, it's like it was a mirror to the 1980s. Unfortunately, not much has changed. <laughs> right. I guess it it was supposed to be satire for future generations. Like, yeah, you know, this is what it was like. And man, have we really circled back around? <laughs> yep, that's still pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little damning. And our parents just didn't learn the lessons that RoboCop was trying to teach them. No, oh. and and the, and the thing is, they we watched it. They let us watch these movies, <laughs> and we still haven't really done much. Like we're yep. trying, but oh, RoboCop, we need you back, bad. I think that's what what it is. Mm-hmm. And the, and the remake didn't have any of this. I mean, it was set in 
the Middle East because that's you know the war that was ongoing, but it it wasn't nearly as scathing as the original mm-hmm. RoboCop was. Yeah, I can imagine. And then we get a commercial for Nukem the board game. Sure, this didn't make it into the remake. No, yeah, they kind of stood stayed away from that. Yeah. And then Morton gets interviewed by the news and he says that RoboCop is going to get rid of crime in 40 days. And then we see Morton get he gets promotion and led into the executive washroom. While he's there, he starts talking shit about Dick Jones, who's taking a massive shit in the stall. <laughs> Does Morton have his pants fully down when he pees, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. What do you I, think I, the ball situation is? I don't know. Does, does he rest it on the edge of the urinal? <laughs> his ball is hanging so low. But I, I, for some reason, I thought he, he like dropped trow. <laughs> and I guess it was like an alpha kind of move there. <laughs> oh, at the urinal, you think he's yes. just pants down around his ankles like butters? <laughs> yeah, I, I got to go back and watch. But I, I could have sworn that his pants are like either halfway down and just a show of just I'm letting it all out. If you see it, if you see it, that's on you. Dick Jones is such a good name for a scummy corporate leader, by the way. Oh, that, that's yeah. I think that's like the template name for yeah. a scumbag uh, executive. Yep. It's like, oh, Dick we, whatever. We, we, we'll, we'll change it if we can think of anything better. It's like, there's nothing better. There's not, Richard, <laughs> when Boddicker calls him Richard, it's great. It's great, yeah. <laughs> I guess we are in business after all, Richard. <laughs> all the other execs leave, and Jones tells Morton that he had the, sa- he had the sale to the military regardless of Ed 209 working or not. And he tells Morton that he fucked with the wrong guy. At this moment, I was ready to yell at the screen, just fuck each other already. <laughs> Man, it's that that power struggle is so great in this movie because Morton is the young hotshot coming in and, and Dick Jones, he's not ready to let go, man. Nope. Like He didn't get there by making friends. Nope. So OCP is monitoring RoboCop as he recharges. And he starts to have visions of Boddicker shooting him while he's supposed to be pow- powered down. And he starts to have a freak out and then marches out of the room. <laughs> As he walks down the hall of the precinct, he walks past Lewis, who introduces herself to him. She knows it's Murphy. She tries to get him to remember, but he doesn't. And he excuses himself and then jumps in his squad car and drives off. So Morton arrives at the precinct and dresses down the captain and Lewis for talking to, to Robocop. One of the scientists suggests taking Robocop off the beat, but Morton nixes that. At a gas station, Emil, one of Boddicker's goons, holds up the clerk with Newsy, and for good measure, demands free gas. <laughs> Robocop shows up, and Emil recognizes Robocop as Murphy, so he shoots at him, telling him, we killed you. He accidentally shoots the gas hose, so the gas starts leaking, so Emil lights it, and the gas station blows up. Robocop, unfazed by the fire, manages to shoot the tires of Emil's motorcycle and is able to arrest them. I'm slightly upset they didn't have a zoomed-in scene of him walking through the fire. <laughs> That's true, that, yeah. That, that felt like that was should have been in there yeah so murphy heads back to the precinct and taps into the records to find out emil's rap sheet and his known accomplices he tracks it all the way back to boddicker boddicker's rap sheet featuring a long list of murders mostly cops the name murphy pops up and he realizes that that's him and that he's officially deceased and he takes the his file he gets his old address and heads there he sees the that the house is for sale he goes in, and there are monitors set up as a real estate agent recording, kind of introducing the house to anybody that's going to walk through. Otherwise, the house is more or less empty, but Murphy starts getting flooded with memories of his family in the house. And yeah, like I said, this is probably one of the strongest scenes of this movie. It's like kind of the moment where you see 
Murphy's humanity is still there somewhere amidst all this craziness. There's still this really powerful scene. I thought that was really well done. And by the way, the whole real estate scene here is a dream during the pandemic. It's just (laughs) to have a person there and not have to risk doing that job. (laughs) Sure. Well, Mark, Um, get it done, man. You could invent this. Introduce it. You could invent this. You could be a billionaire. Yeah, could, that'd be great. Could rub, I could ditch you guys and rub elbows with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> well, I guess good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to remember us a little bit. You yeah, know? I will. <laughs> or, or at least get on like a better podcast. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Whatever Elon Musk is doing, or maybe I'm just, going Joe Rogan. You should yeah. you should just go all the way. Steal that idea and then steal this idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make a podcast where we rip on bad movies, and it's gonna be called <laughs> They Called This a Movie. Oh my god, it's brilliant. This guy, he's he's full of ideas. They 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 called this a movie, and how did they get made? Here's my co-host Paul Shear. <laughs> 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 Just, just, go, just go on Come Town. Yeah, just that's a podcast apparently. Just how do we get on that one? <laughs> I have no idea. I think it's like a planes. You got to come a certain amount of time. It's like kind of be like a pilot. You have to have like fifty thousand miles in the air or something like that. Okay. Well, better start working now. That's mm-hmm. a life goal. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I was running out of things to do on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure to hydrate, Mark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the key. <laughs> so then Murphy heads to a club in search of Leon, played by Ray Wise, to track down Boddicker. Uh, Leon pulls a gun on him, which Murphy immediately knocks out of his hand and then into the hands of someone else dancing there. Then Leon tries to kick Robocop in the balls to no avail, and he asks him where he could find Boddicker. I love that everybody around him is just loving what's going on. Yeah, they think it's like a dance, I guess. Yeah, yeah the guy everybody dancing with the Robocop. gun is pretty cool. Back at his pad, Morton is snorting some cocaine with a couple of hoes when the doorbell rings. It's Boddicker, and he says, bitches, leave. And they do. <laughs> yeah. I, I like how the one hooker, like, you're going to call me, right? right? No, this man's <laughs> clearly about to die, sweetheart. I mean, read the room. Don't you get the severity of the situation here, sweetheart? <laughs> yeah, this man just bursted into the house. He's not just coming in to say hi. Yeah. Don't worry about me calling you. Call the police, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You're you're free to go. Help me out here. Then Boddicker shoots Morton in the legs and plays a DVD for him to watch on television. Ten years prior to DVDs being invented. And that is such a boss move right there. Pre-recording your <laughs> goodbye message to this guy you're about to kill. Yeah. And it's Jones, and he's there to tell him that he's cashing him out. We could have been friends. Then Boddicker leaves a grenade on the table and leaves, and Morton's pad explodes with him inside it. It would have been great if they cut back to the hooker. Like, oh, I, well, I guess he's not calling me back. <laughs> <laughs> my my keys. <laughs> right. <laughs> I left my person there. Boddicker and his goons meet with a guy named Sal, who seems to have a very sophisticated cocaine business going. Sal basically tells Boddicker that he doesn't want to be in a business with him because he kills cops, and the heat that surrounds him makes him nervous. They pull guns on each other, but are interrupted when RoboCop knocks down a door and tells them to well, come quietly. Well, no, it, it's interrupted by Dan. We got to get this done. The Tigers are playing tonight. Hey. <laughs> Never missing. Who, who's the, it's Sal, right? Sal. That's the guy's yeah. name, Sal. Yeah. yeah he, what is, it's, I forget exactly. What, what is he trying to sell him? I, I, yeah, I think he's trying to 
get a taste of Sal's business. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Because I was trying to figure out, like, what is Boddicker selling to him? But it's not, he's not selling anything. It's more, he wants I to. I think he wants to buy the cocaine business. Right. I guess he wants to take it over. Yeah. yeah. Sal's, like, goons are, like, so terribly out of shape. Right? <laughs> they, they look like just, like, regular Joes. They're not even, like, badasses. Boddicker has these mean-looking dudes. Yeah. And Sal just has, like, two guys. <laughs> like, some, like, some guy's name is, like, Joe. <laughs> so he comes in, and a gunfight ensues, and everyone shoots at RoboCop, but he just mows everybody down. Boddicker tries to escape, but falls through a ceiling. So RoboCop reads him his Miranda rights as he throws him through several plate glass windows, and then Boddicker squeals on Dick Jones the entire time. I work for Dick Jones! Do you hear me? <laughs> Dick Jones. He runs OCP. Yeah, he's the OCP, OCP. is the cops. <laughs> oh, man, he does such a good job with this character. He's evil, and then when he's like groveling, mm-hmm. it's so good. Even at the end, like, oh, you're making me nervous, man. Come on, what are you doing? You're making me nervous. It's so believe. <laughs> Everything he does is so believable. Yeah, he's the he's the perfect movie representation of what's called a, a chicken shit heel. Yes. In, in wrestling where you know boastful and all that but as soon as you knock him down or put him in a threatening position it's it's also no 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 right the famous yeah, he's rick flair on his knees yeah he's essentially a coward yeah but when he has his goons around him he's like a, he's one of the toughest sobs out there yeah yeah uh, the precinct that the cops are demanding the sergeant back them up with a strike saying that it's too dangerous for them and robocop comes in with Boddicker and tells them to book him because he's a cop killer and then Boddicker just wants his fucking phone call. <laughs> Spits blood. <laughs> that one phone call is to Dick Jones, who tells him that he'll be out on the street in the morning. And then Robocop shows up at OCP and heads right to Dick Jones' office with plans to arrest him. Can you imagine in this day and age a killer just being let out on the on the on the street after being arrested so quickly? Yeah. Never happens. I guess if you're no, Robert Blake, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean there are there are certain people who yeah. are murderers who are allowed back on the street pretty quickly in this yeah. day and age, I'd say, depending on who they and, work for. And pigmentation. Sure. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. Jones is awaiting him, and he tries to arrest him, but he starts to malfunction. And Jones says, this is the insurance policy known as Directive 4. The RoboCop goes into shutdown mode if he tries to arrest an OCP head. So Jones then unleashes Ed 209 on RoboCop. And 209 puts a whooping on RoboCop, though RoboCop does manage to do some damage to Ed 209, including using its own cannon against itself, shooting off one of his arms. RoboCop makes it to the stairwell with Ed 209 right behind him, but Ed 209 can't navigate the steps and it falls down onto its back and RoboCop manages to escape. RoboCop then manages to make it down to the parking garage and is met with several police squads ready to blow him away. His own precinct tries to stop everyone from firing on RoboCop, but to no avail. RoboCop crawls away as a hail of gunfire rains down on him. He falls down a few levels of the parking garage in an attempt to escape. Lewis manages to find him and puts him in the back of her cruiser, and she drives away. Then there's a commercial for the 6000 SUX vehicle, an American tradition, with some great Harryhausen-like stop-motion animation. Oh, that was so cool, with the dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. And then news reports on wildfires in the Pacific Northwest, guys. Never heard of one of those. <laughs> those haven't happened in, like, two months. <laughs> Such it's a so... quaint, quaint movie. <laughs> yeah. They knew. Like The Simpsons. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> said this is before The Simpsons came out. Yeah. They got everything wrapped up into one little uh, package there. 
<laughs> These wildfires, however, are caused by malfunctioning civil defense satellites, and then they report on the officer strike. Boddicker shows up to OCP and sexually harasses Dick Jones' secretary. Fun fact, that's actually Kurt Wood Smith's wife. He goes to talk to Not Jones really. and, yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed, the, the man on the street interviews that happened during the broadcast, it's mm-hmm. one of those people, Eddie Van Halen or somebody that looks... <laughs> there is, in the oh. trivia, it says, despite his resemblance to Eddie Van Halen, that is not Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> okay. That Just is pretty sure. close. That was the... He was talking about how if something happens, it happens pretty much. Yeah. It's specifically in the trivia, it says it's not Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. Good. Put my mind at ease there. And <laughs> Mark is learning so much. Yeah. So Boddicker goes in to talk to Jones and Jones yells at him for ratting him out and tells him he has to he has to kill Robocop now because his basically his memory banks can be used in in any case. It's admissible as evidence. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I'm screwed. Boddicker refuses, but then Jones entices him with the promise to look the other way in any effort for Boddicker to control the illegal drug market and basically anything illegal that goes on in Detroit after that. But with his help. Boddicker is intrigued, and Jones gives him the RoboCop tracker and also promises to give Boddicker some military-grade weaponry. And Lewis shows up in an abandoned mill where she has stashed Murphy. She went to the precinct and gets some guns. She mentions that it was deserted, and that must mean that they've started the strike. Then Murphy uses a drill he asked her to get and takes off his visor to reveal his half-head, half-computer face. He asks her about Murphy's family and what happened to them. She tells him that they started their life over out of the city. He then asks to be alone. In the streets of Detroit, crime has skyrocketed due to the strike. Windows are being broken and looting going on. Meanwhile, Emil just wants to watch television, and I'd buy that for a dollar. Whatever that television show was supposed to be called. Man, I wish they had gone further into what that was. <laughs> it's great. Like the, the scenes are so out of context. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah, it yeah, seems like it's like a sketch it. comedy or something, maybe. Yeah. And that's I like the guy's it, catchphrase. Right, because, I mean, he's surrounded by beautiful half-naked women. Yeah. And he's just constantly saying the one thing. <laughs> for, the, for the longest time, I thought that guy was on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. <laughs> oh, you thought he was, uh, what is his name? Ed McMahon? Ed McMahon, right, because <laughs> Ed McMahon had the... Uh, he had his own one line. Hi-o. Right? Yeah, hi-o. You are correct. So, so I thought that was him. I was like, oh, you know, my my young child good. brain just connected the dots there. A good a good Ed McMahon reference for all of our listeners out there. Oh, yeah. A ton of them out there. <laughs> well, the, all the Ed McMahon stands are, are happy right now. Right. It's about time. How many episodes and they finally bring him up? <laughs> <laughs> Pay respect to the legend, goddammit. <laughs> so... Boddicker and his buddies show up, and they all got let out of jail. One of his goons even got a brand new car. Boddicker shows off his new toy, which is an enormous gun, on his buddy's brand new car. <laughs> such a such a great move. <laughs> his buddy comes in, like, mocking everyone. Like, oh, brand new car, look at this shit, blah, blah, blah. Boom, blows it away. Yeah. I think yep. Emil is even like, oh, that car is nicer than yours, Boddicker. That's what it was, yeah. I think that's what kind of sealed the deal yeah. on that car. <laughs> And then they just go off shooting up the storefronts. To be fair, with that kind of weapon, I might have done the same. <laughs> if it was, if everyone's doing it, I mean, those stores hell have insurance. It's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm <true>. helping them. <laughs> so they use the robot RoboCop tracker, and they're able to figure out that he's at the steel mill. I'm not sure, based on that tracker, how they're able to figure that out. <laughs> it, it's a fixed light. <laughs> yeah. 
It, it never moves. It just beeps and flashes. Right. Yeah, it they, looks like they, there's a map on there, but if that yes. plant was anywhere, like it would have been like, and it and it's zoomed in. So like, unless if they were following it the whole time, how would I, they know exactly? If, you know, because I doubt there's any streets or cross streets or anything. <laughs> there absolutely is not. I wonder when they first introduced it early. I just thought it was supposed to beep when you got close to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was almost like a hot and cold beeper. Yeah. Oh, it's not beeping now. Oh, now it's okay. Now it's beeping. But yeah, it's. I think they try to make it look as if it's on a map, yeah. as Mark was saying. But no, it's just a. It's one light in a fixed location. Yep. Yeah. And it, it never moves. It's just. Yeah. It's I, beeping. And they roll out to the steel mill. And as Lewis sleeps, Robocop notices that his target targeting system is messed up. Wakes up Lewis, and she helps him by shooting at baby food. Then Bodiger's gang shows up. Robocop tells Lewis to kind of make herself scarce, kind of hide. So Robo- And then as Boddicker's gang is, starts walking around, Ro- Robocop throws something to make noise to distract them and then shoots one of them, killing him. And then a gunfight ensues. Meal hops in the van and tries to find Robocop, and he does. Robocop shoots at him and then gets out of the way at the last second. And Emil drives the van straight into a toxic waste vat. Emil crawls out, becoming more and more deformed as the seconds go on. Meanwhile, Boddicker and Lewis get into a car chase. Emil runs into Leo, and Leo freaks the fuck out at Emil. <laughs> Don't touch me, man! <laughs> Which is a fair yeah. reaction. Yes. Yeah, according to the trivia, that was the first time Ray Wise saw... Um, they, like, kept Emil's condition a secret to him until he saw him. That that goes back to my, my, uh, my question a few episodes ago. How all of these people are—they're actors. They know that something's yeah. going on. So I never—I never quite understood. Again, I never quite understood these reactions. <laughs> like, oh my God! No, it's still—it's a person under there, man. It's yeah. not an actual mutant. <laughs> he knows your buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's just—it's this thing called makeup and prosthetics. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah. Get there, man. You got to yeah. get there. <laughs> yeah. Come on. But regardless, it, the 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 effects on this character are very very good he yeah. looks terrible in a good way he looks terrible yeah and then bodiger runs over emil who sort of just explodes like a water balloon <laughs> and he has green blood yeah all of a sudden it's pretty great and then bodiger then crashes his car into a ditch and lewis gets out of her car and bodiger shoots her a few times and she falls down a ravine she just gets lit up <laughs> she had no plan <laughs> no useless like i said useless terrible backup yeah Bodiger goes to shoot her one last time, and Robocop shows up to Bodiger. Meanwhile, Leo tries to sneak into a crane. I think this is at the point where Robocop walks on water. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I forgot least, about that part. At least subtle uh, Christ reference. Bodiger pretends to surrender when Leo drops a bunch of steel on top of Robocop. But then, Lewis manages to make her way to Bodiger's gun and blows up Leo and the crane. Boddicker sees that Robocop's still alive after the steel dropped on him, but he's pinned, so he grabs a steel rod and stabs Robocop through the chest with it. And then Robo- Somehow he feels pain. Yeah. That was like that, that should have been like the one thing that they should have like taken out. Like, oh, let's not program him to feel pain. I I, I hate when they do that. <laughs> ah. <laughs> a little scream. Why? Why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> oh. It's a weird... Uh, I guess it's to show he still has some humanity. Yeah. But he's completely robot, right? He's an android. Yeah. I mean, his. I guess his brain is the only thing that, that's left. This I is very reminiscent it. of the end of Terminator 2, too. 
because yeah. the T one thousand got gets Schwarzenegger with a steel rod like that. Right. Uh, yeah, the T one thousand gets Tur- Arnold. That's right. Yeah. Yes. But he never flinches. Nope. So that's how it should have been. <laughs> so he stabs him through the chest. Yep. And then Robocop stabs Boddicker in the neck with a hand spike. Pretty bloody. Yeah. And then Boddicker dies. Pretty cool way to go out for Boddicker. Yeah. Stabbed through the neck. Yeah. Like I said, this was, from what the version I watched, it was the uncut, so we got to see a little bit more. Yep. So Lewis tells Robocop that she's messed up pretty bad, and he tells her they'll fix it. They'll fix everything. (laughs) And just leaves her there. (laughs) Robocop shows up at OCP, and an Ed 209 is patrolling the parking lot. So Robocop takes out one of the Boddicker's guns and blows up the Ed 209 unit. And then Robocop goes up to the OCP headquarters and interrupts a board meeting that Jones is running and tells the old man that he has to arrest Jones for murder. The old man asks for proof of the allegation, so Robocop plays his memory banks on the TVs of of Jones admitting he killed Morton. So Jones takes the old man hostage, but then the old man fires Jones, allowing Robocop to shoot Jones without Directive 4 interrupting. And Jones falls through the window to his death, much to the light of that, much to the light of that one black guy on the board. <laughs> he loved it. He gave a little fist bump. Yep. And Jones' arms grow an extra two feet on the way down for some reason. <laughs> some of the worst stop it's animation. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I like the little look of understanding between the CEO and RoboCop. Of like, I this is why I mentioned that I can't arrest anyone. You know what to do. Ah, oh, so He's like, You're fired. Thank you. <laughs> and that scene with Jones falling out of the window. Yeah. I I vividly remember that as a child. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to look up the reason why his arms are so long. So what I was able to gather as a p- potential reasoning is that so it was a puppet that was supposed to be built exactly to the size and shape of the guy that plays Dick Jones, but where they shot it the stage was too low mm-hmm. for this kind of effect. So what they had to do was shoot it with a wide angle lens of the fall. So when they used that wide angle lens, there's like a fisheye effect that was not on purpose, but oh, okay. because of that fisheye effect, they wound up making the, the arms look about two feet too long. But, it's uh, great. I mean, it's, it's world renowned, really. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's a famous scene. Yes. So good. It, <laughs> it's not quite Hans Gruber falling off a Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> no, no, it's not as nuanced. No. But uh, it still it gets the job done. Yeah. And then the old man asks Robocop his name, and he says Murphy. And that's the oh, end. All that was missing was a thumbs up at that point. <laughs> as he said Murphy. Frame. Freeze frame thumbs Murphy. up would have been perfect. Yeah, with the, uh, the Robocop theme. The Robocop theme is great, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just very simple. But it's it's very 80s and it's very kick-ass. I love it. Yeah. And that's the end of RoboCop. It's the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> it's pr- uh, prophetic. It's really good. It might be the best movie we watched on here, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Close. Yeah. 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 It's very possible. I mean, the only one coming out, the only two popping off the top of my head are The Running Man and Vampire's Kiss. That might be. I think this might be my favorite movie we've ever done. Yeah. Halloween 3 is one of Halloween my favorites. Halloween 3 is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. Uh, I think we started the year off on a good, uh, a well. good note. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, we've already kind of mentioned what I would do to to make this better, yeah. and that's really yeah. just kind of creating that backstory between Lewis and and Murphy. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise I, I wouldn't touch it. 
yeah, yeah. there's there's nothing else even i'm still i'm still staring at this poster because i'm looking at my i'm looking at my plex uh library right now on another yeah, computer and, and if you needed to have that scene where he comes walking into the police station you could just have him been suspended or something and mm-hmm. he's coming back sure you know right sort of thing hey hey lewis your old partner's back i uh... I would have liked yeah. to have seen him maybe arrest a few more people other than just brutally destroy them. <laughs> but this again, this was the 80s. It's an action movie. Yeah. Um, I, no I, I would say that that's probably part of the satire. Yeah. Yeah. Was the fact right. that he isn't. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not really he's not in there to uh, take names in there yeah. to just kick ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do you guys have any final thoughts on this? I it's. This is such a. If you've never seen RoboCop, it's so good. Watch it. I really yeah. can't say anything else. Yeah, my uh, my my final thoughts are it's all downhill from here, folks. So just <laughs> buckle up. Yeah. Oh yeah, this year coming up is gonna be rough in comparison yeah. to RoboCop. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and it um it holds up surprisingly well in a few places where you wouldn't have thought of even ten years ago. It holding up mm-hmm. for sure. You know, pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with Ant. Go see this movie if you haven't already. If it's on your checklist of movies, um, in, you know, you know, more than 30 years old to go see, make sure you, you do check this off the list. Mm-hmm. You guys want to plug your shit? Yeah. Uh, at the Aquino 122. That's my personal Twitter. I also go and follow Stranger Damies at Stranger Damies on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, that's it for me. Yeah, so we have our podcast, uh, Stranger Damies, as Dan mentions, airs every Wednesday. We're on a little bit of hiatus at uh, this point um, between campaigns. Um, We got to do all new artwork and all new, you know, layouts and stuff like that. So some time to process and and give the players a little bit of time to maybe uh, fine tune their characters. So the last episode you'll hear is uh, our Talking to Strangers, which is our interview from campaign two. And then the next time you'll hear uh, from us will be uh, my short little um, introduction to the world in, in campaign two. So just be on the lookout for that. Check the Twitter. That's that'll be you'll get some notice on when it when the schedule is all starting up. And um, it looks like we may be switching over to streaming on Twitch. So just uh, uh, we'll do the full session on Twitch and then still do the breakdown by episode for our podcast listeners. So just check the Twitter for that. Um, and then Game Vault Pod airs every other Monday. Um, you can find that on all socials at Game Vault Pod. If you search for it, uh, where you find your podcast, it's the Game Vault Podcast. Um, so be sure to check us out. And um, yeah, that is about it. Okay. And this is They Call This a Movie. You can now find us on Spreaker just by searching They Call This a Movie. We are also available on all podcast streaming apps just by searching They Call This a Movie. We're TheMainDamey.com. That's our main website. You can find everything we do on that website, TheMainDamey.com. And we are available on all socials at TheMainDamey. So that's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So technically not all socials but maybe maybe something else in in 2021 but um we are also proud member of geek vibes nation you can find them at gbnation.com and find them on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by searching geek vibes nation bunch of great shows top 10 with tia getting the sacred cow kind of nerdy girl seen and nerd bunch of other shows there is a nick's show there's a few other shows uh geek vibes live i know dan has been 
on a few times. Bunch of shows about geek stuff. If you're into that, there's reviews of The Mandalorian and everything under the sun, basically. there's If you're into geek stuff, there's probably a show available for you. And that's going to wrap this episode up. What a great way to kick off 2021. The movie was RoboCop from 1987. The director, Paul Verhoeven. So, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Del Vecchio telling Paul Verhoeven, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 